today. Not just because the song said so, but because your soul said so. That you wouldn't be here if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side. When we begin to praise and we begin to worship and you begin to think about how good God has really been. Old song says, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took Him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient He must be. That it took Him a week to do all of that, but yet He is still... He is still working in your life. He's still working in my life. He's still working in your family, in your situation. How loving, how patient, how wonderful, how great, God, that you haven't given up on us, Lord. Amen. And that's why we can be glad, Brother Mitch. Because God's not done yet. Amen. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. I believe before we leave this place today, somebody could be renewed in their spirit. Somebody could receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. Before we leave this place today, God can do something great in your life. Amen. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 14 and Philippians chapter 1. Luke chapter 14, Philippians chapter 1. Again, exciting, exciting few weeks here at Greater Life Church, and I'm thankful for what God is doing. Amen. I'm looking forward to camp meeting this coming week. Amen. And tonight, as we honor three special high school graduates and our college graduate, Brother Garrett Horning. Amen. We're so thankful to have the opportunity to honor them tonight. Luke chapter 14, begin reading verse 28. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it. All that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. How heavy. But Philippians chapter 1 verses 3 through 6 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing that he, not this man, but he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day 
of Jesus Christ. That is a promise. That is a declaration. It's not maybe, it's not might be. But if you let God begin a work in your life, you can guarantee that He will see it through. You can guarantee that He's going to see a finished product. You can guarantee that someday you will hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. What a difference it makes when this man tries to build something and when he tries to build something. When this guy starts to build something, he's not able to finish it. He's not able to complete the task. But when God starts something, he said, I've got everything that I need to see it through. I have all the resources. I have all the healing that you need. All the blood has already been applied. Every word has already been spoken and is still yes and amen. Today, for just a little while, I want to preach to you on this word, incomplete. Incomplete. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your presence that is here today. God, and my hands are lifted today as I declare that you are still working on me. How loving you are, how patient you are, oh God. That when I fall and when I fail, God, I'm like the marred clay. You don't cast it aside, but you work it and you make it again another vessel. God, we want you to do that before we leave this place today. Let your word come forth and let it touch somebody's life today. And let your anointing settle on these lips in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated today. Amen. If you are here today and you feel like you have made it, and you feel like you've got it all figured out, and you've got all the answers, and you stand today as though you have done enough to deserve to hear the words, Well done and you feel like you have arrived and gotten all the accolades and all the praise that you think that you deserved and you are a finished product today, I congratulate you. But if you are like me and you realize I am still incomplete, as good as God has been, as faithful as He has been. And when I look back at all He has done in my life and where I stand today opposed to 10, 15 years ago, that I am still incomplete. There is still that cry in me that says, Oh, that I may know Him. I haven't figured it all out. I still have hard days. I daily feel like I have not been enough, said enough, or done enough to deserve anything that God has given to me. If that's how you feel today, then welcome to the club. Join this group of imperfect people who are on a journey to make it to heaven someday. When I read God's word, it inspires me and it builds me up that I read that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day 
of Jesus Christ. You know what that tells me? It tells me that it does not indicate that the good work ends when I get the Holy Ghost. That the good work in me does not end when I reach elder status. That the good work in me does not end when you get your license in the UPCI. It does not end just because you've lived a good life for God. It doesn't even lead me to believe that the good work that has begun in my life is finished when I am six feet under. But you see, that's what we quote. We say that God is able to do a work until the very end. And we in our mind put it that at the end of our life, He's got to be done. But even when I am no longer living, even when my work is through, His work is still performing. His work in me is still performing until the day of Jesus Christ. Until God comes back. Until God closes the book. Until God says it's over. It doesn't matter that the doctors have put time of death. God says they may have died a physical death. But I am not done working in them yet. I am not done. The grave does not have the final say. I have the final say. The report doesn't have the final say. I have the final say. Can we lift our hands in this house today and declare I am not done yet. God is not done working in me yet. Whether this is my first day in the house of God or I came in today thinking this would be my last. It doesn't matter if I spoke in tongues on the way to church this morning or if I'm going to at the end of the day. God has a purpose for my life. God is not done working and moving in my situation and in me. There are a lot of things in this life and on the roads you drive and you see the sign coming soon. This restaurant coming soon. This business coming soon. You see the work put in. The hours, the money, the sweat. Meeting after meeting. Discussing the great potential of putting such a place here. The location has been carefully thought out. But yet somewhere along the way, somebody didn't stop and count the cost. Somebody didn't realize all the troubles that would come building in that place. Somebody didn't realize that the ground was not a ground worthy to be built upon. Some didn't realize the price of living in such a place. Someone didn't realize the troubles that come and the disagreements Somebody got an attitude. Somebody got jealous to the point they murdered their own family member. And so the work remains incomplete. It remains unfinished. Like the one in Luke, it sits there as a reminder to every time somebody drives by. They laugh and they mock saying, is it ever going to get done? 
Kind of like the 45 traffic here. You drive. Oh, it's happening. It's coming soon. It's going. But somebody didn't count the cost and somebody must have not sat there and really thought about what they were doing. Have you ever felt that way before? What a tragedy for this man who was not able to finish. That he became the laughing stock of everybody that would walk by and say, oh man, she had such great potential too. He had such a calling on his life. What an awesome opportunity that was missed because they didn't count the cost, because they didn't think about all the troubles. And now they sit there and think, what a waste. And today, perhaps maybe we even feel that in our own spirit about ourselves. God, I'm not who I need to be. I know that you've given dreams and purpose and destiny. But when I look at my life, I see an incomplete work. I'm full of gratitude for everything you've done. But it's not on you, it's on me. Somewhere along the way, I dropped the ball. Somewhere along the way, I got an attitude. Somewhere along the way, I didn't count the cost of what it would take to see this through to the very end. There are some incredible places in our world where work had begun, but due to different circumstances, they were not able to finish the job. In Scotland, the year was 1822. A work was begun to build a memorial for the Scots who had fallen in war. It was to replicate the temple in Athens. But due to a lack of money, the work ended seven years in and now remains a national monument in Edinburgh, Scotland. The Bojayashwar Temple in Bhopal, India. This building dates back to the 11th and 12th century. Built by a king and in its day and time had it been finished would have been one of the greatest of its kind. But due to natural disasters and issues of war, the building remains incomplete. On the 19th of March in 1882, construction of the Sangrada Familia began in Barcelona, Spain. In 1926, less than a quarter of the project was complete. Relying solely on private donations, the Sagrada Familia's construction progressed slowly and was interrupted by the Spanish Civil War. In July of 1936, a fire was set and they partially destroyed the architect's original plans. 141 years later and the work is still incomplete. Like a picture straight out of a fairy tale, Bolt Castle, located on the Hart Island near New York, is now reminiscent of a lamentable love story. The castle was being built by George Bolt in 1900 for his wife. However, his lovely wife passed, and it led to the abandonment of this structure with Bolt never stepping foot on the island ever again. Sadhorn Unique Tower in Bangkok, 
began its building in 1990, planned as a high-rise condominium complex, 49 stories tall, also known now today as the Ghost Tower. Construction of the building was halted during the 1997 Asia financial crisis when it was already about 80% complete. Cincinnati, Ohio has subways that are underground, a train system that was planned and half built for Cincinnati and Ohio during the 1920s. And it was a great casualty of the Great Depression. Today you can visit the unused tunnels to witness what could have been. In St. George's, Bermuda, you will find what they call the unfinished church. The work had begun in 1870, but was abandoned in 1899 when near completion. A gathering of parishioners all in agreement to build a brand new church. The work began, but soon the unity among the people did not last. There were congregational differences, fund shortages, and even nature's fury in the form of a tornado that pulled the roof, brand new roof, off of this building. The architect finally renounced construction in 1899, leaving behind rustic ruins, an incomplete product, an unfinished church. Circumstance after circumstance left the church unfinished. And that may suffice for some. It may appear to be a beautiful structure to some and they rent it out for wedding venues and pictures. But at the end of the day, the church was not finished. At the end of the day, circumstances hindered the church. Someone got their feelings hurt. Someone got disappointed. Money became a problem. Storms had hindered. But at the end of it, man was not able to finish the job that he started. If we come and we sing our songs and we preach our messages and we visit the altar, it doesn't matter if we start well. It doesn't matter if everything starts off good. It doesn't matter that we started with unity. It doesn't matter if we felt all the right things and said all of the right things. If the church remains unfinished, then somebody's soul has got to be stirred. If we come and go through all of the motions but if we leave and we say oh I don't feel complete I don't feel like God really did in my life what I needed him to do today because I didn't give him the opportunity. What a tragedy to have a church and to have all of the right pieces but it remained unfinished. Each of these had a beginning there were countless more we could have talked about today and for many reasons. But each of these iconic places in our world testify that almost finished is not finished. If I am not complete, then I am incomplete. There are some instances in Scripture where we see staggering words 
like a dagger to my spirit when I read them. And as I prayed this week about this service this Sunday and I began to seek God, these words came up in my, my heart and my spirit and it stirred me so deeply. But Proverbs eleven thirty one says, Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked and the sinner. One translation said, The righteous... The good people, the ones that live right, are barely saved. Listen, it's not because of God that life gets difficult. It's not because of God that life is a problem and our circumstances surround us. It happens to everybody. It's just part of living. It's part of life. And sometimes humanity gets involved and my flesh gets involved and I am what makes it difficult. It's hard enough to live this life living for God and deal with this flesh. I cannot fathom what people do out of these walls and they fight this same flesh without the help of God. 1 Peter 4, 16 through 18, he says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God not out in the world not on the people that you wish God would rain terror down on judgment begins in the house of God judgment begins right here and if it first begin at us what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God and if the righteous scarcely be saved where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear Jeremiah 6 and 14 and also 8 and 11 writes, They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. They were putting a band-aid on them when there were much bigger problems. They were looking for somebody to tell them what they wanted to hear just to get them through another day. And so they were slightly healed. They were slightly touched. Listen, there are times when life is rough. There are times when we just have to buckle in and we have to hold on to the cross and we have to hold on to our family and we have to hold on to a piece of board just to make it ashore. There's times that life just gets really, really difficult. And it would be easy for Pastor Hughes or myself or any other to come up here and just say, peace, peace, all is well, all is good, everything is... I wish it were that easy. I wish we could go to sleep at night and be okay with that. I wish that we could go about our week not really having to pray about what God wants to say because that would just make it an easy week for us. It would make it where we could go do all the things we want to do and just tell people what they want to hear. But when you've got a burden and you've had a mandate from God and you get driven to your knees all hours of the day with somebody stirring in your spirit, you don't know why. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they're facing. But it's not enough to just come and say peace. Creature, tell me something good. Tell me something that makes me feel better about where I am. 
Give me a sugar-coated word. Speak peace. You know what happens when we candy coats the words that we say? You're only slightly healed. You know what happens when we just speak peace and there's really no peace? You're only slightly delivered. You're only slightly removed from your problem. You're only slightly better than you were when you came in. You're only slightly different than the person you came in here as. And nothing has changed for you and nothing has changed for your circumstance. It's still incomplete. Oh, it made me feel better today. It made me feel better when my hands were lifted at the altar. The five minutes I prayed felt good for a moment, but I am looking for something that is more than a band-aid on my spirit but I am looking for God to get back involved in my life again and say God I can't finish this on my own I can't do this work by myself I've lived for you for five days or 50 years but I can't do it a day without you every hour I need you every moment that I breathe I breathe it because of you And I need your help. I stand today. I sit on a pew today. Incomplete. Unfinished. And God, I don't want to mock myself. I don't want to tear myself down anymore. I want to be complete. It may be sufficient for you to just hear peace. It may be enough for you to just come and get a little fix where you were healed slightly. You may be okay being incomplete, but I want God to finish what He started in me. Maybe I interrupted His plans. Maybe I started off living well. And I've lived for God for 40 years, but somewhere along the way I tripped up and I stumbled. And I've still come and sat on a pew, but I've just never been the same. I've never been healed of that hurt. I've never been delivered from that depression. And God, I need you back in my life again. I need you to pick off where we left off, oh God. And I need you to continue the work and see it come to pass until you come again, oh God. Acts 26, Paul is speaking to King Agrippa and many others who are listening in and Paul begins to give him his testimony and Festus calls him crazy but Agrippa's there and listening and he finally responds. Acts 26 and 28, Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You were so close to letting God do that work in my life that I... Preacher, you did pretty good. You started off good. But I've been through too much. You don't know me like everybody here knows me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. You don't know all the hurt and the problems that i faced. And you almost persuaded me. Barely saved. Scarcely saved. Slightly healed. Almost persuaded. Those words, oh God. They strike my spirit today because it tells me that I missed it. It tells me it doesn't matter if I was 99.9% complete. I wasn't done. And if I want to hear well done, I've got to make sure I'm done. I've got to make sure that I'm finished. I've got to make sure that God has done everything in my life that He wants to do. 
And God is not going to come down in the pews today and smack you and, and drag you to the altar and push your face down in the carpet. No, God is loving and God is patient. And God sent somebody with the word today to remind you it's okay to be incomplete. Every one of us in here are incomplete. All God is asking is let me begin. Let me begin. If it's day one, then let me begin. If it's day a thousand, let me get back to work. Let me pick off and resume the work in your life that I started when you got the Holy Ghost and as a child at the altar. Let me pick up where we left off when you came out of the water. A new creation. That's where I want to start. That's where I want to go because you are incomplete. And I want to work in your life. Hosea 7 He said, Ephraim, he hath mixed himself among the people. Ephraim is a cake not turned. He's baked on the bottom. It's great on the bottom, but on the top it's still doughy. On the top, it's not what it needs. It hasn't been turned over. Its life hasn't been changed. It's just been staying in the same spot. Every time they come to church, they just sit there and they sit there and they sit there and they're not turning their life over to me. They're not working in the the midst, in my presence. They're not doing what I'm asking them to do. And so they sit there unturned and because they're unturned, they're unchanged. And because they're unchanged, They remain incomplete. It doesn't matter that you had all the ingredients for revival if you don't ever have revival. It doesn't matter that all the right pieces to the puzzle are there if you don't put them where they're supposed to go and you don't let God put His hand in the work again. Oh yeah, when when the potter puts his hand on the clay, there's a lot of pressure sometimes and you feel it and it's not always easy and sometimes it hurts. But I pray to God that you would never pray, God, relieve the pressure. God, don't push so hard. God, don't, don't put your hands on me like that. But rather you keep saying, God... Don't stop until I'm complete. Don't stop until I'm a vessel that you can use. Don't stop until you can look at my life and see that I am complete. I don't have wiggle room. I don't have days to waste thinking I'll get it together at a more convenient season and be satisfied with almost and scarcely and barely and incomplete. I can't be satisfied with that. You want to talk about trigger words. These are words that sting so bad because it meant that you were so close. Nehemiah had a work to do. And he was willing to see it finished. But the enemy still plotted. The enemy came and still frustrated them in their purpose. The enemy came and frustrated them in their building. And Nehemiah still stood up and said, we can do this. But here comes Judah. Said it while they were building the wall. He said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. And there is much rubbish. Judah said, I look around and I see a lot of people who've been carrying a lot of stuff for a long time. 
And I don't know how we're going to see this through because they're tired. I feel that in my spirit sometimes. When I look around and I see some of you and I know what you've gone through and I know what you face, I feel like Judah, I say, how, how are we going to do this? Because I see the, the burden bearers, the ones that have carried this, they're tired and they're, they're weak and they're weary. How are we going to do this? And I look around and I say, there's a lot of junk. There's a lot of rubbish. There's a lot of broken down things that, that are all over the place. And, and you wonder how in the world is this going to happen? And Nehemiah said, and I looked. I see the rubbish. I see what you see. I see those that are burdened and those that are weary and those that are tired. And I looked and I rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people. He said, I want all of you to hear me from the highest to the lowest, from the youngest to the eldest. I want you to hear what I have to say. Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. Don't worry about the rubbish. Remember the Lord. Don't worry about your burdens and, and how weary you are. Remember the Lord. Get your eyes off of all of these things and remember the Lord. Because let me tell you something. This man is not able to see this work done. With man, this is impossible. But if I can remember God... If I can remember the one that is able, if I can remember the one that sees it all and knows it all and quit looking around at everything else and get my eyes back on him and remember him, then he can see the work finished. He can get to work in your life again. He can move in your situation again. Let's all stand in this house today. He goes on to say, They which build it on the wall, that they bear burdens with those that laid it. Every one. Every one. With one of his hands wrought in the work, and the other on a weapon. He had gone on to say, Fight for your brethren. Not fight with your brethren. Fight for your brethren. He said, if we want to see this through, it's not going to be by us. Not by might, not by power. It's not going to be by any of that. It's going to be by Him. It's going to be because we remembered the Lord. It's going to be because we got our eyes on the one who could put it all together. Here's the thing. I cannot be in charge, but I can be involved. Not only in building my life, but in building others as well. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another. Build up one another. Just as you are doing. Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying or building up that it may minister grace unto the hearers. It's not always about you. 
It can minister to somebody else that is hearing what you're saying. It can minister to somebody around you the words that are coming out of your mouth. 1 Peter 2 says, To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. Romans 14, 19, So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. It's really hard to build someone up when you're tearing them down. It's really hard to see this work complete if every time I lay a stone, somebody's coming and tearing down too. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. If destruction is my MO, then I am not on the right team. If destruction is what you do, then I don't want you on my team. On the flip side, it's really hard to tear somebody down when you're building them up. When you're praising them, when you're encouraging them and saying, you can do this. You can make it. I'm not perfect either. I've got problems too. I messed up too. I haven't seen the end of time yet either. God hasn't come back. So God is still working on me. Hebrews 4 and 12 says that the fivefold ministry was for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. The gifts of the Spirit are given to benefit the church, to profit, to add. In Exodus, when they were building the tabernacle, it says, Then wrought Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work. He put it in their spirit. God has put something in you for this place. Each of you, well, I don't know what that is yet. I don't know what I can do. I don't know what I can... God has put something in you for the work of God. The work of God isn't all the things that happen here at this building. The work of God isn't meaning that you're in some Sunday school classroom or that you're in here doing something. The work of God can be done anywhere, anytime. All you've got to do is let God work in your life and you be a willing vessel. And let God, who began that work, finish it. The Washington Monument, the construction of the Presidential Memorial, began in 1848. The construction was suspended in 1854 due to funding challenges. I don't know if you can see it, but about a third, maybe a little more of the way up, it all of a sudden changes colors. Because they had started building something. And they got to the point where they said, uh oh. I'm at the end of my line. There's no more money. There's no more marble. I've reached the end. But someone was not content 
with an incomplete work. So they later resumed with a marble from a different source. When my life started, perhaps the cost I was paying was too high. And I thought it was over and the wages of sin were far greater than I could pay. But there came a different source. There came somebody that said, I'm not content with you being mocked the rest of your life. I'm not content with people walking by and saying, they were slightly healed. They were almost saved. They were almost delivered. So let me get involved and let me see it through and let me finish it. Let me make it a memorial to you, to your children and to your grandchildren that when they come and they see this, see, we see the bottom and we're like, oh, don't look at that. That's embarrassing. That's where I stumbled. That's where I fell short. That's where I didn't count the cost. But no, the scars are there as a symbol that you made it. The scars are there to remind you you didn't quit. And you didn't give up. And you didn't throw in the towel. But you said, I can't do it anymore on my own. I can't make it on my own. I need your help. And God said, I've got all the source we need. I've got everything that you need. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I have all the blood that you need. I have all the mercy you need. I have all the grace you need. I know you've got a thorn, but my grace is sufficient. It's enough to get you through what you've been going through. Now I challenge you today to come to an altar. And if you don't feel like coming to an altar, then find a place and say, God, I'm undone. God, I'm not finished. God, I'm incomplete. And God, I need you to do a work in my life. God, maybe I stopped construction a long time ago. Maybe I ran out of prayers to pray. Maybe I ran out of energy. Maybe I ran out of hope. But God, somehow I'm still here today. Maybe I came stumbling in. Maybe I came broken. God, heavy laden and weak. But then I remembered God. Then I remembered the Lord. The one who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all I could ask or think. The one that I'm convinced and I am sure of and confident in that He that has begun this work in me, not only can He, not only should He, He will see it through. He will see it come to pass. Come on, maybe you're here today and you've never let God really touch your life. Maybe you've been closed off and you've been hurt. You've been mocked and ridiculed. But let God resume today. 
Let God pick up where you drop the ball and say, it's all right. You're going to make it. It's all right. I still have hope for you. I still have salvation available for you. I still have healing available to you. Come on, if you're not praying, find somebody around you. Build them up. Build them up. Come on, encourage somebody else. Come on, let God use you. Let those gifts operate in you today. It's for the building up. It's for the building up of the body. God, I'm incomplete. Turn my life around. God, do it, Lord. God, I want to be complete. I don't want any part of me undone. I'm not satisfied with almost. I'm not satisfied with barely. God, I can't be content being slightly healed. I need a complete work. I need a complete work.